seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Lucy Letby is accused of the murder of seven babies and the attempted murder of ten others while she was working on the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital. Letby denies all of the charges over the incidents. Lucy Letby was the only person working on the night shift. It was alleged in court that their mother was apparently told by Miss Letby, trust me, I'm a nurse. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of allegations, the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny, premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven infants and injuring ten more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. In total, there are 22 charges, all of which she denies. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for the Mail, I will be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week on this podcast, we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial of Lucy Letby. The case against Lucy Letby is that she murdered or tried to kill 17 babies while she was working as a neonatal nurse at the Countess of Chester Hospital in the northwest of England. She denies the charges. The babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons, and the identities of their families are also being protected. They're known only as babies A to Q. Seven of the babies died. Ten survived. Each one of these babies was or is someone's son or daughter and the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court, listening to every detail of how their child was allegedly killed or harmed. We'll be bringing you that detail as the jury is hearing it from the prosecution and defence. We're getting behind the headlines to explain far more than the news reports you'll be reading, watching and listening to. 
and the importance of a fair trial is paramount, so we won't be getting into anything in this podcast that the jury have not been told, because they are the 12 people who have to decide the outcome of this case. The jury's hearing about each baby in turn, and they've been told 13 babies were allegedly killed or harmed by Lucy Letby between June 2015 and April 2016. And today in this episode, we're focusing on the 14th baby in the case, a premature baby boy born around six weeks early. Prosecution say Lucy Letby tried to murder him three times on two separate shifts. The first allegation is that she injected him with air. The second, that she thrust a feeding tube or some other piece of medical equipment down his throat, causing him to bleed and collapse. And then, they say, she went on holiday to Ibiza. Welcome to episode 22, Baby N. So Liz, we're jumping ahead in time again now, aren't we? Because last week we heard about Baby K who Lucy Letby's accused of attempting to murder in February 2016. Yes, and this week we're talking about Baby N, who she allegedly tried to kill in June 2016, so that's some four months later. Today we'll explain that Lucy Letby allegedly appeared to be quite agitated when a specialist team from Alderhey Children's Hospital arrived on the neonatal unit to try and help Baby N. And also that she gave his mother a hug after he stabilised while they were waiting to move him to Liverpool. Okay, so Liz, let's unpick what the jury was told about this baby. So baby N was a baby boy, born around six weeks early at the beginning of June. He was delivered by a planned C-section because doctors were worried he wasn't growing properly in his mother's womb. And Liz, his case was unusual for the Countess because his mother was a carrier of haemophilia. Now that's a genetic condition that affects boys and can stop their blood from clotting properly. In a statement, his mother told the court about her son's birth. I had a normal pregnancy up to 24 weeks when the hospital identified that my baby wasn't growing properly, so I was going for weekly scans. It was at our 32-week scan when I was booked in for a caesarean section because they needed him to come out as soon as possible in case the placenta failed. I was booked in because our son had haemophilia and they needed a few extra people in theatre in case he bled during his delivery. He was born at 33 weeks and didn't have any bleeds during the C-section. He was small, only £3.11 ounces, and quite jaundiced, and he went straight to the neonatal unit. So baby N was small, weighing around £3.11 ounces when he was born, but he cried and he didn't need any resuscitation, and he was admitted to nursery one in the neonatal unit when he was 20 minutes old. And the court heard that on his first day of life, he had a few problems with his breathing, and doctors were worried he had an infection, so they started him on antibiotics. He was also receiving treatment for jaundice. Now around six hours after his birth, Lucy Letby came on duty to begin a night shift. And soon after, she texted a colleague who wasn't at work, telling her the unit had a baby with haemophilia and everyone seemed a bit panicked and she didn't know much about it. So she was going to Google it. Now on this shift, Lucy Letby wasn't baby N's designated nurse, Liz. That was somebody called nurse Christopher Booth. Now he had baby N and another baby in nursery one. Lucy Letby was working after two babies in nursery four. And throughout the evening, the jury heard baby N improved and was stable. But Liz, within two hours, that all changed. That's right. At around 1am, Nurse Booth went on his break. In a statement, he said he asked one of his colleagues to keep an eye on baby N, but he couldn't remember which one. 
and seven minutes later, while he was away, Baby N started screaming. His oxygen levels dropped dangerously low, and his skin appeared mottled and dusky, jurors were told. Now, this is significant because it's the prosecution case that while Nurse Booth was on his break, Lucy Letby attacked Baby N, either by inflicting some kind of injury on him or by injecting air into his bloodstream. Baby N needed several minutes of oxygen via a mask before he recovered. Dr Jennifer Lochnane was the registrar on duty and she was crash bleeped to come. Now she appeared in court and told the jury she couldn't directly remember the incident, but it was unusual for her to use the word screaming in her notes, so she assumed he must have been particularly upset. At 20 past one, she was called away to another emergency on the maternity ward, but she said she came back to check on baby N just before 2am, and by then she said he'd stabilised and had no further problems on the shift. And over the next 12 days, baby N did well. He moved down through the rooms on the unit, and on June the 14th, doctors told his parents that they could take him home the following day. But that never happened, because the following day, on June the 15th, Lucy Letby allegedly tried to kill him twice on the same shift by thrusting a tube or a piece of medical equipment down his throat, causing him to bleed and collapse. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So Liz, take us through what the prosecution allege happened. Okay, Caroline. So the jury heard that June the 15th was Lucy Letby's final shift before she went off to Ibiza on holiday. It was her seventh shift in nine days, in fact, and text messages read to the court show that she was tired and ready for a break. So Lucy Letby was due to start her day shift, as usual, at around half past seven in the morning. But the jury were told that even before she arrived at the hospital, she knew baby N hadn't been very well overnight. Yes, that's because one of her colleagues, who'd been working the night shift, had already texted her to say baby N looked like shit and was being screened for an infection. He'd suffered several dips in his oxygen levels. His skin was mottled and a decision had also been taken to stop his milk feeds. So the jury was told that the first thing Lucy Letby did when she arrived on the unit just before quarter past seven in the morning was go and see how baby N was doing. Yes, nursery nurse Jennifer Jones-Key had been looking after baby N overnight. She told the jury that she was feeding another baby in the same room when Lucy Letby popped into the nursery to say hello. And moments later, baby N collapsed. Nurse Jones Key told the court, I remember Lucy looking over because he had gone a bit pale and the monitor went off and we started neo-puffing. 
So they moved baby N to nursery one so he could be more closely monitored and to put him onto a ventilator to help with his breathing. But when the registrar on duty, who we're calling Dr A, attempted to put the breathing tube down his throat, the court heard he was surprised by what he found. Giving evidence from behind a screen, he said, I saw blood at the back of the throat. I saw blood that prevented me from seeing where the entry to his airway was. It was unusual. There was a degree of swelling. He said Lucy Letby was assisting him when he was trying to get the tube into baby N's airway, but after the third attempt, he gave up. Now, we should mention here that this is the same doctor we're calling Dr A, who Lucy Letby exchanged messages with during this shift. You might remember colleagues were teasing her about flirting with him. She actually denied fancying him, saying he was just a nice guy. If you listen to our bonus episode that we released last Friday, you can hear all those exchanges there. And the prosecution say what Dr A saw is significant. They say baby N's throat was bleeding and was swollen because he'd been injured deliberately by Lucy Letby. So baby N was moved back to nursery one, placed on a monitor, and oxygen was being given to him via a mask because he couldn't be put on a ventilator. Lucy Letby was actually assigned by the shift leader to look after him. And remember, his parents were hoping to take him home that day, so they were surprised to receive a phone call saying he was unwell and that they needed to come to the hospital as soon as they could. In a statement, his father described what happened. The day our son was due to come home, I was at work. I received a phone call from his nurse, Lucy. She said he'd been a bit unwell in the night, but said that he was okay now. I told Lucy my partner would be in to see him. She didn't give me the impression that he was still unwell or that we needed to be concerned. About 10 minutes later, my partner rang me and said we needed to go to the hospital. It was about 9am when we arrived. Our son was in the intensive care room and Lucy was with him. Lucy was by his bed, either checking the monitor or doing his cares, changing him. There was no urgency when we arrived. Lucy said, he's been a bit unwell in the night. When I saw him, I was shocked. His skin was bluish in colour. It was all over his body. There was dried blood on his lips and around his mouth. His lips were not covered in blood, but there was lots of blood splatters. It was dry, a dark reddy brown colour. I remember feeling confused and thinking, what's wrong with him? The jury was told that over the course of the next few hours, baby N improved slightly but was still unwell and at 2.50pm he deteriorated again. Yes, and this happened while his parents were briefly away from the unit to get some food. He suffered another profound drop in his oxygen levels and heart rate and according to a note written by Lucy Letby, three millilitres of blood was removed from the feeding tube in his nose. Now, Dr Hugh Maybury was the registrar on duty and he was crash-bleeped to help, along with a female doctor who we can't name for legal reasons. Dr Maybury used a bag and a mask to deliver oxygen to baby N and he improved. He also called the consultant on duty, Dr Murthy Saladi, for help. This again is significant, the prosecution say because this is the second time on the shift that Lucy Letby attacked Baby N and allegedly tried to kill him. While he was waiting for Dr Saladi to arrive, Dr Maybury tried to put a breathing tube down Baby N's airway, but he told the court he couldn't do it because of substantial swelling in his throat, the like of which he'd never seen before. Dr Saladi also tried to insert the tube when he arrived, but failed, as did the female doctor who couldn't do it either. Jurors were told that Dr Stephen Breary 
the senior consultant in charge of the unit was also asked to come and help. He couldn't intubate baby N either, so he asked two of the hospital anaesthetists to attend. Once again, neither of them could get the tube in. In the end, Dr Breary put an alternative, temporary breathing tube and mask into baby N's upper airway as a stopgap to make sure he was still getting oxygen. So let's just summarise all of that. Seven doctors from the Countess tried to intubate baby N over a number of hours and all failed because of this unusual swelling in his throat. Yes, and by the time the senior consultant, Dr John Gibbs, came on duty at 6pm, calls had already been made to Walder Hay Children's Hospital, who unusually agreed to send over two of their most experienced intensive care doctors and an ear, nose and throat surgeon to try and help. The plan was for them to try to get the tube into baby N's airway. As a last resort, they were prepared to operate and perform a tracheotomy. That's where an incision is made in the front of the neck and a tube inserted to get oxygen in that way. But the female doctor, who we can't name, told the court that Lucy Letby appeared agitated when the team arrived. She accepted when questioned by prosecuting barrister Simon Driver that everyone dealt with stressful emergency situations differently. But she said, I remember, and it struck me at the time, that she seemed quite agitated. When they arrived, she approached me a few times and said, Who are these people? Who are these people? The doctor said that in her experience of working with doctors and nurses at Chester during an emergency, it seemed quite out of character. And as it happened, Liz, the team from Alderhay arrived just in the nick of time because baby N collapsed again. They'd been on the neonatal unit for a matter of minutes when baby N's oxygen levels plummeted. This time it was more serious and life-threatening because his heart rate also dropped. Dr Gibbs and the team from Alderhay rushed to help and chest compressions began at 7.47pm. At the same time, baby N was given his first dose of adrenaline to try and kickstart his heart. A second dose was administered three minutes later, followed by a third at 7.53pm, but baby N failed to respond. Now one of the doctors who'd come over from Alderhay was an intensive care consultant called Frank Potter. Dr Potter had almost 30 years' experience in paediatric medicine, so he stepped in to have a go at putting in the breathing tube. By this point, just to remind you, he was the eighth doctor to try. Thankfully, he succeeded at the first attempt just before 8pm. And this, Dr Gibbs said, significantly improved the amount of oxygen getting to baby N. The CPR continued until around nine minutes past eight and he needed another three doses of adrenaline before his heart rate picked up and he began to stabilise. Baby N's father described what he witnessed in a statement to the court. After he'd been stable for a couple of hours, my partner and I decided to go and get some food because we had not eaten that day. We were probably gone 20 to 25 minutes, and when we got back, the parents whose baby was also in nursery one were sat outside. I noticed the blinds were down in the intensive care room, whereas they had previously been up. Someone came from the nurse's desk and spoke to us. They said our son was really unwell and we could see a priest. I was scared. My partner went into the intensive care room. Our son then seemed to stabilise for a bit and my partner was feeling unwell and we got a doctor to see her. Someone came into the maternity unit and said, you better come, he's bad again, he's really ill this time. We ran up the corridor to the intensive care unit and when we arrived, They were doing resuscitation on our son. There were a lot of people in there. There were also people from Alderhay Children's Hospital there. 
he eventually got the breathing tube into our son. After it was fitted, he stabilised a bit. When I say stabilised, he wasn't having CPR. He calmed down. We were sat outside the intensive care room. There were a lot of people seeing to our son, so we were staying out of the way. Lucy Letby came up to us and said she stayed on late after her shift. She said to my partner, I hope he's alright, and gave her a hug. She might have given her a kiss, I'm not sure. And Dr Gibbs also described what happened. He said it was a very serious, life-threatening situation. He took time but did start to steadily improve. He still needed further doses of adrenaline, even after he'd been ventilated by Dr Potter. He had six doses over 30 minutes. Soon afterwards, at around 8.45pm, baby N was baptised. His mother told the court in her statement that Lucy Letby had suggested he be christened by the hospital chaplain earlier that afternoon, and his parents had agreed. And after being stabilised, baby M was finally transferred to Alderhay at around 11.20pm. There he recovered quickly, and within days he was moved out of intensive care. He remained at the hospital for 10 days before being discharged. But he later suffered several episodes where he stopped breathing and had to be readmitted around a week later. Further tests were carried out, but they failed to find a cause, the jury was told, and he did recover. He's now almost seven years old. And it's important to point out here, Caroline, that Lucy Letby is charged with trying to kill Baby N three times. Once on June the 3rd, and twice on June the 15th, at around half past seven in the morning, and again at ten to three in the afternoon. She's not charged in connection with his life-threatening collapse at around 7.40pm. So Liz, that's what the prosecution say happened to baby N. Lucy Letby denies all these charges, so why do her defence say she is not responsible? Well, Ben Myers Casey, Lucy Letby's barrister, said baby N was a haemophiliac which made him prone to bleeding. He said he'd received suboptimal care at the Countess and should have been treated at a more specialist centre. Now, Professor Sally Kinsey, who is an expert in haemophilia, was called by the prosecution. She told the court that baby N's blood disorder did make him more likely to bleed, but she also insisted he wouldn't just bleed for no reason. She also said his haemophilia was moderate and he didn't suffer any spontaneous bleeds during his time on the unit. Both prosecution expert witnesses, Dr Dowie Evans and Dr Sandy Bowen, gave evidence that the screaming associated with baby N's collapse on June 3rd was very unusual. Dr Evans said the circumstances of baby D's collapse fitted with research he'd read on air embolus, or air being injected into the bloodstream, and it was a repeat of what the jury had been told earlier on in the trial, in the cases of baby E and baby I. But Mr Myers said there was no evidence to suggest air embolus was to blame, and he accused Dr Evans of coming up with that theory only after it was suggested by police, something he vehemently denied. Mr Myers said baby N's deterioration and mottled appearance the night before the two collapses on June the 15th could indicate an infection or an internal bleed in his stomach or lungs. But the court heard that doctors who treated baby N ruled these out. They said blood test results, which came back a few days later, were clear and a bleed in the lungs or stomach was unlikely because he hadn't been on a ventilator for any length of time and he'd also been feeding normally. Mr Myers also suggested that the doctor who first tried to intubate baby N on June the 15th 
could have inadvertently caused the bleeding in his throat. Although he said he couldn't be certain, Dr Ray said he thought he saw the blood during his first attempt to get the tube inside the baby's airway. He said if he had caused the bleeding, then he would have seen blood along the root of the instrument he was using to open the child's airway, which he did not. And Dr Stephen Brewery, the consultant in charge of the neonatal unit, who reviewed baby N's care immediately afterwards, told jurors he could find no natural reason why he collapsed. He said there was no evidence of infection in baby N. There was also no abnormalities identified with his throat or heart. I can't see a reason why this baby collapsed and deteriorated on multiple occasions as he did, Dr Breary said. I can't think of a natural cause for why this occurred. So that's it for episode 22. We'll be back next week to tell you about the next two babies in the case, Baby O and Baby P. They were brothers, two of a set of identical triplets who Lucy let be allegedly murdered on consecutive days at the end of June 2016, soon after she came back to work from the holiday in Ibiza. Their surviving brother was transferred to another hospital after their deaths and he isn't part of the case. I'll be in court to listen to the evidence and you can read my daily reports in the mail and on Mail+. Plus. You can give us a rating and you can follow us on Twitter at Lucy Letby Trial or send us an email at thetrialoflucyletby at gmail.com. See you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.